Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome in to Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host, who has more accurate picks than most analysts and always has <laughs> the exact right pun. Hey. Mozzie. Oh, oh, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm good. I mean, I just, you know, got off a great intro. I, I mean, Jets themed for you after all their, all their camp hype. Felt, there we go. It felt like that was the only right thing I could do. Oh know? my goodness! I'm trying not to get myself hyped on it, but oh, it's just so <laughs> it, it's so easy. Yeah, we were already kind of getting hyped on more, and then now Zach Wilson signed. They're connecting in camp, so oh baby, just, just keep going. Chemistry. <laughs> they're both instant chemistry. Yeah, they kind of just like DraftKings. you know seem like a nice fit, a nice pairing there. Yeah, I think I think the hope was to like you know bring those two in, have them be you know best buds on the field, hopefully off the field too, just like right, right. away, you know, just best buds doing all kinds of things. <laughs> but yeah, they were they're both mid price on DraftKings for week one too, by the way. Mm, so just a little, at their position, yeah, 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 that mm-hmm. whole game is pretty cheap. So um, <laughs> yeah, last episode we went over the kind of training camp opening news stuff. There wasn't really much going on, um, aside from some of the major kind of like injury things we covered. We have um, a new major injury to go over uh, with Carson Wentz. He has a like foot. Uh, I think it was like some foot injury he had had caused like a bone to like flake off weird or something, and then he needs surgery to get basically to get like a bone pulled out or something. Ooh. Yeah, I was reading that he had an injury in his foot from a long time ago, and he should have gotten it fixed then, but he never did, and now it's just, it needs to be completely rectified, mm-hmm. which, uh, yeah, like, what, 12 weeks? Yeah, so they say 5 to 12. I'm assuming closer to 12. That's pretty vague, 5 to 12 weeks. <laughs> yeah, I imagine it'll be probably, like, I don't see it being under two months, like, I really, really doubt he'll be ready to start the season. No. They said they're, no like, way. holding out hope that he may be able to, like, have a chance for week one, like, initially, but I think that's kind of out the window now. Yeah, that's that's not a lot of time. Yeah, like, five weeks have pretty much put him back right at week one, and I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think he's going to be the starter right away. I think we're going to have some Easton season for a bit. Easton season. Easton season. Easton season. Yeah, but... So I, I guess the, <laughs> we can kind of break down how this hits all the Colts. Um, I do think it is a, a in general like a knockdown for them. Like we like Eason. Um, like he's he's got a cannon. Um, that that is the one improvement I think he brings over once is his deep ball. Like hundred percent his deep ball is like a strength where for once it was kind of a weakness. So guys who like I mean we may see Ty be like maybe the only benefit like true beneficiary. 
<laughs> I was like yeah. that just because I'm like he's kind of thrived off a lot of deep balls, like you know, with luck and stuff, and then with Rivers last year that just didn't exist, and with Jacoby that just didn't exist. So Eason might kind of help him there, and I could see him maybe riffing with Pittman, but Wentz Wentz overall I would trust more than Eason in general to run the offense and make this team successful. So yes, pretty much a knockdown for the most part. I'm sure their like win total dropped at least a little bit. Yeah, I didn't check on that. I should have looked to see what their win total was slash his, but... Kind of hurts uh, Pittman for me a little bit. Yeah, we were very excited about the Weds and Pittman pairing. And like, yeah. I, I think Easton will like Pittman, but like this really concerns me for, like, I have no clue if he and Paris Campbell will riff it all. Or, like, I guess there's a chance maybe they gather some chemistry, you know, from them both coming in or whatever. Like, I, there's a lot of ways this could go, so... Yeah, it's just kind of a shitty, sad situation. Yeah, because like, he and were he and Pittman both last year. What year was Easton last year? Uh, yeah, him yeah, and so, From. Yeah, so yeah, he and Pittman, I guess, both came in together. So maybe they've got some chemistry from rookie shit. Who knows? But <laughs> I mean, maybe. So you know, practicing together. Yeah, but this, if anything, this just means uh, they'll probably try even more to give Jonathan Taylor the ball a lot. Even though <laughs> I, I imagine they already were gonna. But, that I mean, is a good point. Yeah, defenses are gonna kind of key in on it. They get the Seahawks week one, so that's a real, that's <laughs> a real tough, you know, indoctrination into the NFL for uh, for Eason. There ain't gonna be easy for Eason. Yeah, and didn't they like make their D line better? I believe so. I have to look. It but couldn't that have gotten right. worse, right? I mean, I'd be surprised if it got worse. I mean, they still have Bobby Wagner. They still have now Carlos Dunn. Dunlap oh, okay, the second yeah. year with them. Yeah, they, they added him late last of. year, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, their defense isn't great. They were kind of weak against the run, so, I, I mean, yeah, they, they started hell of Jonathan Taylor week one. Yeah, they started terrible last like last year. They were awful to start 2020, but then, mm-hmm. you know, last, like, six, eight weeks, especially the last six weeks, like, they really turned it around, and that was one, like, the advantage you could find with people still picking on the Seahawks when they had turned the corner on defense, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's uh, real quick before we move to the next bit. People are gonna really rely on last season grades, and then like, um, <laughs> like, like, yeah. like you'll, you'll go into like DraftKings or FanDuel and see like, oh, like thirtieth against this position, and like it's not going to account for much. Or people are gonna look at you know a lot of last year stuff or um, like sites that give like their rankings or whatever this year. Like there's gonna be a lot of reliance on that right away and projections to start the year. And there's a lot of edge in kind of like taking advantage of that and finding where stuff's wrong. Um, one thing that we thought was wrong from something kind of leading into this year, we saw that uh, PFF put out O-line rankings and they had the Giants last. Um, <laughs> Which is ridiculous, yeah. by the way. Listen, we're not saying they're <laughs> great. They're probably like on the edge of that like average bad tier. Like They're probably like bottom of average tier, maybe top of bad tier. But they're not the worst. They are they are by no means worse than the Steelers or Dolphins lines. Like that's that's a terrible argument. Like <laughs> they 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 were missing Soldier last season because he opted out, and so everyone had to shift around. And this grade is based a lot on 2020, where everyone had to shift around. And like Matt Pert's gonna be going into his second year, like. And he was a standout, like, later round line pick, which means he's really dang good, because that usually doesn't happen unless you're pretty good and you got a gem. Yeah, because then, because uh, Andrew Thomas had to play left tackle 
with Soldier out. So now that Soldier will come back and play left tackle, they can put Andrew Thomas at guard uh, and keep Matt Pert at right tackle. And that's going to make things like way easier because then they have Will Hernandez as well. So, yup. So they've got, they have some pieces and like a lot of young pieces that they can rotate around to keep fresh. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say the Giants are probably. There are probably eight teams with a worse O-line, I would say. That might be a lot, but it, I'm going to yeah, say Steelers, eight. Dolphins, probably Panthers. Um, mm-hmm. I would say Raiders, unfortunately. Sorry. Yeah, the Raiders' line's pretty rough. Um, the Bears did add Tevin Jenkins, but their line's kind of rough. They're, the Bears, yeah, mm-hmm. I would put them in there, too. Um I don't know. Let me look at the Eagles really quickly. Yeah, the I Bengals. Don't they have like their 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 line won't be bottom tier trash this year, but they've got a lot of unprovenness to them as well. <clears throat> well, on paper, the Eagles is fine, but by week eight, theirs will be worse. <laughs> yeah, their line got pretty bad last year at one point, they, and then yeah, they like, just always injured the Texans line. Yeah, is they worse. they've got Tunsil, and that's it. Like so, they're. And there's a, there's a lot of like average O line clumps like kind of in the middle over there, but like because as as it, as are most things in the NFL, you've got your elite, your terrible, and everyone else. Like that's the way I see it. Like you've got you know your elite couple O lines, and then I mean I'd say the Browns are probably an elite O line, um, depending on health. Colts depending on health, Dallas maybe, but like the Chiefs O line should be good again when they get like some people back and healthy but like after that you just okay we've got a couple terrible low lines and then <laughs> a lot of average but i don't think i don't think the giants fall into that terrible o-line uh group and they did also sign uh joe looney recently to add some depth yep. on the line as well also throwing washington just because yeah this is kind of rough <laughs> did they did they, who did they add i thought they added someone they drafted sam cosby but he's starting he's a rookie brandon yeah. scherf is good but he's out right now and then they've got uh eric flowers and morgan moses left he didn't want to play there <laughs> can't blame anyone for not wanting to play for the football team yeah he's now with the jets which is cool <laughs> real really real. he's very good <laughs> but yeah the giants don't have the worst line i feel like that's Oh, right. that's that's pretty tough on him. Like that's, that's just the when you told me that I couldn't help but just yeah like, like crack if, if you wanted to put them like even if you wanted to put them fifth worst I'd be like meh but like I could see it but they are not the worst no are they amazing no but come on like mm-hmm. come on but anyway so moving back through news uh another kind of main thing that came up was uh, Devonta Smith uh, sprained his MCL. He, oh no yeah luckily he can pretty much just rest until the regular season and that's what you need for an mcl sprain so the expectation is that he'll rest up come back be ready for week one so uh eagles strength and conditioning coach does that guy need to like get fired or what <laughs> dude yeah whoever is like like who, anyone in that department or remotely like their their like training staff whatever they just need that like clean house there because everyone's always getting hurt for the eagles man it's unbelievable. I mean, is their doctor just like a, you know, a guy who sits in a chair with a shotgun and is just like, need me to shoot it off? No, get, out, get back out there. You're like, this is uh, your train, your doctor staff. Maybe he's like one of those doctors who's like on Twitter saying dumb bullshit all the time. Oh, it's their their <laughs> their doctor is Doctor Oz. 
dude man some of these like doc like md people whatever on twitter they're like i guess are actual doctors of some sort i don't know like how relevant all of their you know all their stuff is to football and i mean like if you're a doctor you know more than i do i assume but there's this one doctor who's like kind of like spreading i'm not gonna say like anti-vax stuff but is like sort of spreading vaccine fear i'm like what the fuck are you doing yeah i'm just like you can't be doing that and then like being like, oh, I can't say anything else. But like, dude, you dumb piece of shit. How are you a fucking doctor? His, his right. like, his bio is like treating your favorite players. I'm like, I don't want you anywhere near my favorite players. You goddamn <laughs> idiot. Like, I don't. I've never called a doctor an idiot before until now. But I'm doing it. Um, there you go. I mean, anyway. everyone has opinions, but not everyone should. You know, opinions should be heard. Yeah, I suppose some some opinions are bad. <laughs> um, some opinions are bad. I'd say many. Yeah. Some opinions are wrong. <laughs> a lot of opinions are just wrong. Anyway. Take uh, um, Justin Herbert last year. Everyone <laughs> said he was not going to be good. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Even even we had some concern as, yeah, a, even we as a Charger. Yeah, like, oh, God, he's going to the Chargers. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> but, Didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so Devonta Smith, MCL sprain, expected to be fine for the start of the season. But do keep an eye on it. Just, you know, I, whenever guys who have games that rely on speed get any sort of leg injury i always like to monitor it extra because like their games are more affected by it like one another one is hollywood right now he has a hammy issue going on Oof. so uh hollywood brown marquis brown not to be confused with hollywood higgins uh rashad higgins but <laughs> yeah he's expected to miss a little time with uh hammy um initially like last thursday he left practice and hardball said it was precautionary but uh coming back today he said it was a little more serious than they initially thought, so he's going to be out for a bit. And so, not ideal for Marquise Brown to be dealing with a hamstring issue, so definitely keep an eye on that. Like, I I don't think he'll play at all in the preseason at this point. Like, like I'm not saying he will like will be out completely until then, but there's no reason at all to give him game action for the next month. No, not when it comes to a knee. Lower leg issue. Yeah. Like anything with like uh, knee, hammy, especially like, yeah, like hammy's such a finicky one too. I've been lucky to not have any hammy issues, I guess because I don't like run much, but uh, (laughs) yeah, dude, hamstrings and stuff like that, like muscle strains in general are a bitch. That shit doesn't go away unless you treat it and rest it properly. For a long time and you rush back too soon and you just, you start it all over again. Mm Mm-hmm. It's... Yeah, you can really fuck yourself over, and like if you try to do too much, you can get compensatory injuries a lot. So, yep, tis a bitch. Like you see a lot of guys either like a lot of times hammies will come as a compensatory injury, or people will come back too soon from a hammy and just re-injure the hammy. So, <sighs> so yeah, rest up, Devonte Smith mm-hmm. and Hollywood and and uh, and Curtis Samuel who has, who's starting camp on the pup. For uh, his groin as well, another finicky uh, injury that you know. Yeah, you know you you, you really got to be able to thrust a bunch, um, mm-hmm. you know, in, in your personal life, and then oh, on the field yeah. you got to be able to turn. So, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not a good one either. Groin injury, it's almost the same as a hammy. It's just you can reaggravate it. it I would say even more easily, you can reaggravate it. Yeah, just because it's like sometimes it's hard to tell and like. A really sudden movement can like put a lot of strain on your groin that you just didn't realize. Like with a hammy, you can kind of like run and test it with a groin that you're not gonna always know until like 
I, shit gets real, I guess I should say. <laughs> when you get out of bed in the morning and forget, <laughs> and then you have to stay in bed all day. Yeah. But, yeah, but with him out, um, there's been a little bit of hype for, you know, other guys in the slot. Um, apparently, uh, Humphreys and Fitz are kind of riffing well, but uh, Diami Brown's been getting some slot time. Uh, one of our favorites, especially you. Um, you had him ranked pretty highly in the pre-draft. Um, and yeah. he's kind of doing well um in his time in the slot so i am looking forward to him getting on the field at some point this year and getting some long bombs from fitz or whomever is in there Ooh, i can't wait mm-hmm. and then another another muscle strain thing uh dak has been dealing with uh oh, i think no. it was i can say like a muscle strain in his shoulder or something um they're calling it like slight strain they're keeping him you know rested working little individual stuff on the sideline but you know Dak you know it's basically hey Dak don't throw for a bit make sure your shoulders all good rest up yeah hmm. but the expectation is that he'll be all good because again this is not at all related to why he missed last year so I'm not really concerned I think it's just you know he hasn't been playing much football for a bit because he got hurt so right. body's like oh shit what's this yeah I mean it, exactly he he hasn't been playing for a long time, so. Mm-hmm. But as long as he comes back and, you know, practices a bunch really at the season, I won't be worried. I and saw uh, Rashad Bateman had muscle tightness and sat out, but I don't think there's anything like to report really. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, he so was the immediate beneficiary in mind for me, like just with, you know, Hollywood potentially being out with a hammy issue. Yeah, I I, I didn't see the specifics on what Bateman was, but. Yeah, I'm looking for it, but I, I think I missed it at some point. But yeah, the the Ravens passing is gonna be interesting because they have a I think they have a pretty soft opening schedule. Um, I know they get the uh, the Raiders in the week one, um, and that's a pretty soft defense in general and pass defense as well. <laughs> and then uh, week two, who do they have week two? Let me see. They get the uh, Chiefs. So. Some decent up, like some decent D line, but their secondary is not, you know, scary. And then mm-hmm. uh, week three, they get the Lions, who have a, who do not have a good secondary. Yes. <laughs> see, who do they get week four? Because again, like to start off the year, pretty not bad. Broncos. Then week they four, get the so that Broncos. That's going to be secondary. one of the tougher secondaries. Mm-hmm. But the first three weeks, like, could be hot start for Bateman. So, and the Ravens passing in general. Oof. Oh, all this talk. I'm just, I'm so ready for it. Dude, I know the Hall of Fame games Thursday. I'm like, and I'm, I'm going to be like, you know, in Florida visiting my sister because my nephew's turning one. And so oh. I'm like, am I going to, am I going to be watching the Hall of Fame game while I'm down there? <laughs> like, like, because I was coming too. So I'm like, I'm like, my girlfriend's just going to be like, why are you watching this preseason football game? I'm just going to be like, I need it. I need it. I need <laughs> it. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> oh man. Um. See. Yeah. So he left practice early on Saturday. It was undisclosed why. He said he practiced today, which is Monday. Uh, I haven't seen any updates, so I'm guessing he practiced because I assume we would have seen if he didn't. So. It said uh, nine hours ago today. Uh, Rashad Bateman 
was added to injury list, didn't finish practice Saturday, didn't suit up Monday because of muscle tightness. Gotcha, gotcha. And hopefully nothing serious, just training camp tightness. We'll yeah. see how it works out. Yeah, r- r- like rookie's first training camp. Like, <laughs> I feel like that's essentially what it is. Keep an eye on yeah. just in case, but I, I'm not really concerned. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, speaking of the Ravens, really quickly, they did also add Justin Houston, which I forgot yes. about, which is also kind of big. Yeah, nice. Like, they got him like a one-year, $4 million deal, I think. Uh, nice little boost to the front their, their front unit there. They're good. They, I think they're basically saying, hey, we got to face Mahomes and <laughs> Herbert. And then, yeah, like in their division, you've got uh, – Burrow to deal with in that offensive line, and then like okay, the better our Z line, the more we can terrorize the terrible Steelers O line. So <laughs> run up the score, baby. Yeah. So nice to get some some D line solidification there. Ooh, those could be rough games this year, Steelers Ravens. Yeah, I'm. Those are usually close, but I'm not sure how close they'll be this year. <laughs> we'll get. We'll see when we get there, but yeah. There, there are some teams that I think are being a little misevaluated. And, like, okay, the Steelers often find a way to be good, but that line is so rough. I'm curious what they plan to do to overcome it. Yeah, I'm just worried with the O-line. That's my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lost the left tackle, center, and... Go- I mean, they lost specifically Villanueva, DeCastro, and Pouncey, who were three of their best linemen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not just their linemen. Yeah, it's it's tough, but in that division we also saw Nick Chubb get paid recently. Um, his I think it was like a three year deal, like in I think it was thirty something, but twenty million guaranteed. Oof. So very very nice for uh, for Chubba Dub Dub. He's Dub. one of the best running backs in the league. He earned it. So yeah, Love got it. Got that bag. Um, and then next up, I did want to touch on something we didn't mention last time. Um, just real brief uh so anthony miller got traded and there's not much to glean from it but i do want to say i think it helps cole commit which is weird but i think this will give this opens up the slot pretty much and so they move the guys around a lot but miller is for the most part a slot guy and so this kind of opens up some slot snaps for commit because that he was in line a lot last year but he did um, especially like in the second half of the year, he got a lot more passing game uh, snaps and he got some more slot snaps. So they, they, this could benefit him getting to play more there because playing uh, like one of the big like kind of signs for tight ends to like get fantasy points is like playing not in line. Like there are some guys like who just always play in line. Like, you know, like Gronk always plays like right off the tackle. He does whatever he does. But a lot of guys, they get their, who get all this receiving production like, are detached from the line and so those snaps are for the most part more valuable because you're 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 gonna be running a route like no matter what pretty much so Mm -hmm. i think he'll he'll kind of snag some more of those snaps so a little more boost to commit to cool that front am i ready to go the texans is that where miller went uh yes so he can instantly compete i guess with kiki cutie for the slot role yeah because it's going to be like Cooks and uh, Nico on the outside, probably. Which it sounds like Nico's looks good in camp, too. There we go. But, yeah, I think it'll be like Cooks and Nico on the outside. And then, like, Kiki and Miller will play in the slot. And luckily, uh, Bob's gone. And he fucking hated Kiki. So, maybe he'll get more <laughs> of a chance. 
yeah what a guy but we'll see if the qb is there but uh next up we've got a couple of vikings things and uh before i talk about the you know the news part of it uh there is a clip of zimmer pretty much just very upset that the team wasn't all for getting vaccinated he's basically like we went through all this last year with all these protocols this is that and like we could we there's a solution <laughs> we just got to do it <laughs> yeah I mean, the NFL is going to be pretty hard on those that don't get vaccinated is what it sounds like. And Mm -hmm. the penalty for teams that have to go through with that, like there's going to be a lot of pressure from the owners onto the coaches, onto the players to do it. Yeah, it's it sounds like a lot of teams are increasing their vax rate right now. But yeah, like if when these teams get COVID, like I'd, I'd say when as much as I hate it, because like. Mm-hmm. There are going to be times when teams, you know, have a couple guys get it, you know, this new fucking super COVID Delta variant, whatever, and the ones who are vaxxed, you know, they'll have, from what it we have seen so far, an easier time with it than those who are not vaxxed, and then also the NFL will give them an easier time because they will only have to test negative. Um, they, they say that, like, they have to be out for, like, a day and then test negative twice or something like that, and then, if, but if you aren't vaxxed, it's the 10 days, so... Yeah. Yeah, and if you have to forfeit, your the owner has to pay for the game. Yeah. Like the for NFL has pretty much said like we're not rescheduling shit this year or like like we're not adding extra weeks or anything. Like fucking deal with it. And like my buddy told me, you know, the owner of the team that forfeits has to pay like the salaries of the other team basically that they lost because yeah. they didn't get to play a game so it's like a really big monetary uh fuck up if, you, <laughs> if that and that, happens yeah those owners are stingy too so <laughs> oh yeah i almost guarantee they're like you are getting fucking vaccinated <laughs> yeah it's uh we'll see how it plays out and we know kirk cousins is one of those guys he's a weird dude but yeah so with the vikings <laughs> uh couple injuries to keep track of so bc johnson all of bc johnson tore his acl um big you know big oof big bummer sucks a lot um i always i use the word bummer a lot and sometimes it doesn't always like apply to the situation sometimes bummer is an undersell of what's going on <laughs> and so i'm like i said that last last time with acres and then i chuckled at myself but i promise i was not laughing about anything with injury i was just laughing at myself for calling it a bummer when i probably should have used a more serious word but anyway um yeah so ola bc johnson towards his, his acl which definitely opens up that third receiver spot even more for dd um although again probably if anything the third guy will just be irv because he is apparently riffing well with Kirk cousins for now there and we go then, uh christian darisaw is currently not practicing he's got a groin issue keep an eye on that because like he is gonna be a starter and so, yeah, uh-huh. like, That's they, need, they need him healthy and getting reps and ready to play week one. So, because their line is, like, kind of questionable, too. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like, they need him to be ready week one. <laughs> so, he's, like, a big part of, you know, them having a better line. Because <laughs> yeah. their guards, I think their, uh, like, their interior line is really good, but their outside is not so good with their tackles. So, like, him being healthy, very important. Yeah. And, like, during the draft, he was the like, he was the number two for pretty much everyone, and some even had him as their number one. Like a lot of people really liked him. So, yeah. Oh yeah, they because yeah they lost they lost Riley Reef. Yeah, they had Riley Reef last year and he's gone. So like, mm-hmm. there's also Riley Reef replacement. 
Ooh, baby. But yep, another groin thing. Mm-hmm. Take, you know, keep an eye on that groin there. Christian. Them their groins. Yeah, week week one against Cincy. I'm excited for that game. That's gonna be a fun game to watch, though. Um, At least the Bengals don't really have much of an outside pass rush. Yeah, <laughs> so they'll be okay. Exactly. And then uh, next up for the Colts, another like minor worry for them. Uh, well, not minor worry, but another another worry for them to have to deal with injury wise. Um, see. I'm scrolling through here because everything's Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz, Carson Wentz. There were like five updates in the span of 24 hours on his fucking foot. Jesus. Um, yes. Yeah, so, oh, they they signed Brett Hundley as some extra depth. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So Ryan Kelly hyperextended his elbow on a play in practice, and Ooh. sounds like he is on track for the regular season. Um, but he's gonna be out for a couple weeks. and probably won't really be doing much until the regular season. So. Yeah, he's probably just gonna rest. He's a veteran. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can, like, play through the season. I don't want to say play through the season with, I guess, but, like, linemen deal with a lot of injuries. Yeah, we were just, talking about it last week, but, yeah, yeah they deal with they, a lot of shit. And they just, you know, don't really cry about it, I guess, to to the media or anything. But, man, they, ha- they deal with a litany of injuries. And, you know, if they rest him for a while and he's, like, almost 100%, like, he'll be there. He's going to start probably mm-hmm. week one, would be my guess. Yeah. I'm curious what the timeline is for uh, Eric Fisher. I don't know if he's expected to play at all this year or come back later in the year or what. Because he tore his Achilles back in, like, January. I think January, right? Yeah, so I think they're playing they're, they're planning on, like, October, November for him. So that'll be a nice boost once he returns. But, yeah, next up we saw the uh, Saints signed up onto Freeman. Not necessarily one that matters, but... He would be the Camara backup, in my opinion, which is very kind of weird. But he's a good pass catcher, and even though he doesn't nearly have as much juice as he once did or as Camara does currently, they would probably slide him into that role and you know keep Latavius in his quote unquote bruiser spot. I imagine I could be totally wrong, but that makes sense to me based on like how guys would slot in. So uh, we're gonna see another team that. <laughs> He's going to use a lot of running. I think that's the thing with the Saints that maybe we've been overlooking, or at least I have, is that we said Camaro is going to get a large workload, but I think they're really they're going to be like a Lions thing where they do they do a lot of running because now they have Camara, Murray, and Freeman, mm-hmm. and they're kind of short on wide receivers right <laughs> now. Uh, and you know, Jameis probably needs good wide receivers because he's Jameis, so. I think their line is still good. They're probably going to be a very run-centric offense. Yeah, they. I mean, so they've got a lot of running back talent. Like, Murray is definitely probably the best backup in the league right now because, I mean, he plays a lot anyway. He's one of the better, like, 1Bs slash backups. And, yeah, good line. And one thing, one of my initial indirect quote-unquote thoughts was, like, Latavius is probably an indirect beneficiary of Michael Thomas going down just because... Right, more focus on running. So, yeah, I think the Freeman signing maybe bolsters that idea a bit. But they did need some depth after those two. They didn't have a whole lot of depth after them. Oh, that's definitely true. Yeah, but you mentioned uh, you mentioned them kind of doing a Lions thing. I think the Lions might be kind of doing a Saints thing. Right. They the Lions have pretty much said like Dan Campbell's pretty much said that they want to do something like that. They talked a lot <laughs> about their like hot hand approach or they're like 1a 1b type of thing and 
Campbell, he said, uh, so here, here's what, I'll just read the quote off. Um, we're going to use both of those guys. They know that. A guy gets a hot hand. He's rolling. If Jamal is in there, we're rolling. Jamal is going to be rolling. And at least Swift for other <laughs> things, which is fine. That's a good problem to have. I'm glad we got him. I know that. This play, the place I just came from, obviously with Alvin Kamara, and have Mark Inger when I first got there. Mark was a stud. Still is a stud, by the way. That's, those are Campbell's <laughs> words. Um, and then uh, he, said that, he said, that's my vision of this one-two punch in Detroit to have what we had after we had left with Latavius Murray as well. Murray was that guy for us, and now that's how I see Jamal Williams for us for Detroit. So, love it. Yeah, I love his like backing a Mark Ingram in there too, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> Still is a stud, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to read that part, but yeah, basically, so like Jamal Williams is going to be the Latavius Mark Ingram, and then I think Ingram might be a better comparison because Ingram was a little more adept as a pass catcher than we kind of see Latavius as, mm-hmm. um, and Williams is a decent pass catcher, um, but Swift is going to be the Camara in that sense. Which anytime you say, "Hey, we might this guy is gonna get some Camara esque roll," that's super good news because he says if he's rolling, we'll use Swift for other things, which means for pass catching. So like, he yeah, might what get, other things? <laughs> like they don't have fucking receivers. Like he might get in the slot. Like this, honestly, like I know this sounds annoying for Swift, but like this is really good for I think like the idea that he'll get a lot of receptions and like PPR probably boosts his floor if anything. So, yeah. Well, there may be annoying games where Jamal Williams gets the touchdowns. Like, Swift will still get a lot of looks and a lot of targets. Like, he should be getting. So, ooh. They know it's the yeah. guy. <laughs> we know. We're, we, uh, we got him. That's all. I'm glad we got him. <laughs> there, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm so excited for Dan Campbell. Yeah. That's it. We're excited for the Lions, which is weird, but we're excited for him. And like I've I've gotten Jamal Williams a ton like throughout best ball drafts this offseason for mm-hmm. this reason. They've been very adamant the whole entire time that they're gonna do this. And like Jamal Williams will have some good games and enough like keep you afloat games to be useful. Mm-hmm. So he'll be super good for a best ball situation where you know what? One day he might just be the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like there's gonna be a two touchdown game he has that's annoying for everyone who has DeAndre Swift. But <laughs> <laughs> And then uh, the last little bit we got here is I wanted to mention there has been some more Michael Carter hype. Um, Ooh, he's been working with the first team. That's right. So he's a uh, he's a stud man. I can't yeah, believe how really far good. he fell in the draft. Yeah, those UNC guys, man. Like I swear, we like we talked about this. If they were alone, if they were not like playing with each other and losing snaps to each other, quote unquote, less at losing snaps because pe- people always talk about like oh this running back lost snaps to xyz running backs in college like college coaches just fucking do that like they do that right even if <laughs> even if guy b c d all fucking blow like <laughs> they're gonna get touches like like yeah that, you know what the eagles did with miles sanders last year that's what every college coach does with yeah. their running backs because they're trying to change their offense up and keep it dynamic uh and like plenty of guys are great college players and terrible pro players like tim tebow johnny Manziel. like the <laughs> list fucking goes on and on like there are plenty of guys who are good for your college backfield that are you know athletic enough to just turn the corner that they couldn't do in the nfl and they're gonna take snaps away from this 1a guy who's the best clearly <laughs> and yeah anyway so that, that stuff always pisses me off. Like, it doesn't matter if they, like... To me, it doesn't matter if the running back was, like, the workhorse in their college backfield. Like, 
cool if they are cool but if not like i don't give a fuck as long as they're good and so like we had two good running backs at unc and they both shared carries and like i like they would have both been even higher like javante williams was regarded pretty well by the nfl scene but i feel like michael carter would have been more highly regarded had he been solo but what i do want to say with michael carter though um as you kind of move into my next little segment i wanted to get to so DraftKings has their week one prices out and some of the prices mm-hmm. don't make any sense to me I know I love this, but oh, I love it. So uh, the rookie prices especially are pretty wild. Um, so the men running back price is 4000 Um The highest for week one we've got is McCaffrey at 9.5000 9. which makes sense. He should be the top cost guy in a PPR site. Sure. But at men price, we've got uh, Michael Carter at men price, who he just says running the first team. So... For 4K, you can get Michael Carter. Uh, also for 4K, you can get Javante Williams. He's been price. <laughs> Who, uh, remind me again, uh, Javante, Javante, hmm, he is the Broncos running back, right? And he's playing who? The the Giants. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Giants week one. Yeah, and on the Giants side, by the way, if Saquon Barkley happens to miss week one, uh, Devontae Booker is also been price, who's the backup there. Um... So, we'll move over to Jacksonville, though. So, in Jacksonville, they drafted this guy, you know, Travis Etienne, Etienne, whatever you want to call him. You know, he's probably going to get a lot of snaps. They've got, they had James Robinson last year. He might get some work, but, you know, if you take a first-round running back, he's probably going to be the guy, right? I mean, but I guess DraftKings doesn't think so, because they've got James Robinson at 6.4, and then Etienne at 4.9, in what is <laughs> veritably, like, I just mispronounced that word because I was so excited, like, he like that was the first like instant lock I saw. I was like, dude, this is this is ridiculous for this guy, first round running back to be four point nine thousand just because James <laughs> Robinson is there and is apparently more expensive. Like I'm like, this is so dumb. He's gonna get <laughs> targets and be worth it. Um, like for a comparison, yep. for the pick that went right before him, Najee Harris is six point three, which is a good price, I'd say. Yeah, yeah. And like you've got. Like Aaron Jones and Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like fairly cheap at six point six and six point eight. Like just some like kind of silly prices. And like got receiver, you've got a lot of these like rookie guys, like Elijah Moore and Terrace Marshall at mid price. So, like Elijah Moore at mid price is kind of funny. I feel like that's gonna be a popular <laughs> one. The Cincinnati guys are all cheap. Um, because I was looking at second that game, I'm like, okay, it's gonna be a high total because like Jefferson, he's like seven point seven, um Thielen seven K. Uh, for reference, like at the top, Adams is 8.3, Reek is 8.2, but um, Cincinnati guys, we've got Boyd at 5.2, Chase <laughs> at 4.8, and Higgins at 4.7. Oh my god. So, you can stack however you want with two of those guys, or, I mean, I wouldn't maybe go three, but you, you could go three, because Burrow's only 5.7, so like, you don't have to pay much. Um, sorry, I misspoke earlier when I said min-priced, um, for Zach Wilson, he's only 5K, which is the lowest. What well, he—that's the lowest price for a guy we know is starting. The only guys lower who might start are like Locke and Bridgewater. Um, wow. And you got like Lance and Jones a little lower, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Burrow is only a smidgen higher at 5'7. So that stack is you know nice and cheap. And if you, if you want to go with Zach Wilson and any of his Jets receivers or Michael Carter, like they're all super cheap against the terrible Panthers defense. And on the flip side, uh, I, I mentioned, you know, Terrace Marshall, pretty cheap. 
Um, Carolina, their receiver is a little more expensive. Let's see. We've got Robbie at 5'7 and more at 6'1, but Darnold again is only 5K. So, so is Robbie more than T. Higgins? Yeah. And T. Higgins is playing the Vikings. Week yeah. One. Robbie is 5.7. Um, Galladay's 5'6, which isn't bad, but he's playing Denver. So, you know. Uh, yeah, that's that's fair. Uh huh. Yeah, like, I'm looking through some of these. I'm like, yeah. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are both under 5K. <laughs> the, the, the Jets receiver pricing is what made me chuckle because they've got uh, Corey Davis and, and Jamison Crowder as the two more expensive ones at 4.9 and 4.6. And then, like, Mims is 3.5. And then Moore and uh, Cole are both, like, min-priced. I'm like, okay, we'll see what this starting lineup is. But oh, let's go my ahead. goodness. Yeah, I want to go to tight end, though, because things get kind of fun here, too. So, of course, up at the top, we've got Travis Kelsey at 8.3. He should be super expensive. Of course. He should, he should be by far the most expensive. Kittle is 2,000 less expensive at 6.3. What? Which is, which either Travis Kelsey is way too expensive or Kittle is way too cheap. So, against Detroit. Against Detroit. So, <laughs> you know, we'll take a look at that one when it comes around. <laughs> um, oh, yeah, I forgot to check. How much is... Um, Trey Sermon, he is four four and a half, four point five. So not quite min price, but if he ends up the starter, you know, also cheap. Um, you know who's just cheaper than that? Kyle Pitts at four point four at tight end is oh cheap. Goodness. He's cheaper than Mike Gesicki is, and only a hundred more than Noah Fant, two hundred or more than Irv Smith. But the Eagles linebackers are so good. How how are they? You know, oh my God. Yeah, so the Kyle Pitts <laughs> will be chalky, I'm pretty sure. But, yeah. And then I'm, I was looking through the defenses. I was like, nothing really stood out there. Because, um, like, okay, Green Bay and Seattle. Uh, Green Bay's three and a half against New Orleans. They'll probably be popular against whoever they have quarterback. Seattle's going to be popular against uh, Eason. Denver will probably be popular against Daniel Jones in that, you know, little range. Um but looking, is the Denver game at home too? That one's at the Giants. For some reason, the Giants are three point eight, which I guess is just in, you know indictment on the Broncos. Some interesting ones a little lower. I thought the Falcons at min price against Philly in in Atlanta is interesting. Um, the Eagles aren't good. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm not saying the Falcons are like are amazing or have a great defense, but the Eagles aren't good, and so. Like, min price against them, I'm like, okay, I could take that. So. Oh, my Lord. Yeah, let me see. Let me look at some of these juicy, juicy matchups. Uh, how expensive is Ravens at Vegas? Um, that That's not on the main slate. That's gonna that's a showdown slate. Because that's the Monday. Monday right? Yeah, will be yeah. on there. But, yeah, oh. all, all those 1 and 4 p.m. games are, are on there. Let's see. Buffalo's only 2.5 against uh, Pittsburgh. That one That might be one I'd be interested in. Oh, definitely. That could be uh, real shellacking. Yeah, but for the one that stood out to me the, probably the most was min-price Atlanta because as bad as they were last season, the last month of the year, they got a lot better um, with new coaching. So. so can you do your lineup now and set it, and it won't change if uh, they make changes before the season starts? Like, will it lock in at this point? Um, like I mean, you, you can like you can like make a lineup. Like, obviously, you can change it, but like you can like make your lineup, enter it up, and if you didn't touch anything, you could yeah. So like I've I made a couple lineups already. So like right. I have my initial couple lineups in here, just like waiting. So 
the 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 very first lineup I made, I will play to some capacity just because I want to see how my initial very split you know moment take went. But for now, they're all either stacks of Chiefs, Browns, or uh, Vikings, <laughs> Bengals. Oh, that's gonna be so good. Yeah, because with with the running back prices, where you've got like Michael Carter, Javante Williams, Etn, like you can do a Chief stack, you know, fairly easily. Definitely. So I'm like, it, it's looking like Watson is gonna play, but in the event he didn't, you could get Jacksonville's defense. Yeah, too. probably like, super cheap, and you just lock it in. Yeah, that was one. That's at, they're at two seven, and at two one, there is the Houston defense. So like, if Watson does play right and they get a lead like as much as we love trevor lawrence it is going to be his very first game in jacksonville it's still jacksonville but <laughs> yeah that, that that falcons one is what still got to meet personally at min price against jalen hurts and the eagles that are you know their vegas win total isn't great they're not going to be amazing so yeah a lot a lot of interesting week one prices again like i i guess i need to check on easton's price i assume he's 4k because he was projected to be a backup let me see how much how much is he uh, he's 4.1, yeah, so super-duper cheap if you decide to go, like, major salary-saving a quarterback. And then I also hate to say it, but, you know, Seattle at Indy. Yeah. If uh, with no wins and who knows. Yeah, th- those couple defenses in that range are all going to be, like, splitting, you know, roster percentage for that price range. Oof. But, and if for some reason, if Trey Lance does start, which Kyle Shannon came out today and said he'd be very surprised if Trey Lance started a week one, which is funny because for two reasons. One, I think earlier he'd said that Trey Lance won't start week one. Right. And now he's saying he'd be very surprised. So <laughs> it's technically a better step if, I, if I'm remembering the news bits correctly. But it's also funny because, like, the Niners will, like, let you say whatever the fuck you want as we'd learned through the draft, like if you, <laughs> if you run some narrative, they'll be like, sure, fuck it, do it. Yeah. Right. So we'll just play along. Uh, huh. you're right. That's what we're doing. No, we're not. <laughs> but yeah, if he starts at four and a half against Detroit, that's essentially auto lock territory for like cash games. So, Ooh, babe. Oh man. Yeah. I'm excited oh, for so week excited. one. <laughs> Can't get interesting enough. We got, we've got our first game, uh, in one, two, three, four, five, a little over five weeks. Cannot wait. But uh, until then, we'll be here uh, each week kind of breaking down the news and uh, tying you over until we get real football. But thank you for tuning in. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter and TikTok at Mozzie and Muscle. Um, I think we still have one more day till we, till we hit our uh, commitment of posting a TikTok video within a week. So, um, yep. we, we should do that tomorrow. And then, uh, you can find us online at, uh, mozzieandthemuscle.com. That's on, right. On the interwebs that their website got a blog and shit. Um, I'm planning on writing some like DFS primer stuff. Um, talking about like basically how I kind of turned my season around last year. Cause basically the first eight weeks I was just, lo- I was losing. I was, I was getting shit on. I was down quite a lot, and then that week eight Monday night game, uh, the Bucks and Giants game, I took down a tournament on FanDuel, and from there on, my season just like went up, up, up to the moon, as they say. Um, I I started employing a lot of different strategies, kind of 
uh, paying more attention to a couple of things like really making sure my correlation was good. Uh, I was getting like the right leverage and watching you know, roster percentages, especially for showdown. You really have to make sure like you're picking a game script and following it. Like for example, like the Washington Pittsburgh game, like where I, you know, call that upset. I'm going to brag on that one forever. <laughs> um, you know, things like that. Like where if, you know, if you think there might be an upset playing that game script for a showdown, um, and then contest selection as well matters based on like what you like that week and what your lineup is and everything. So yeah, I'm going to kind of break all that down throughout a few blog posts, I think kind of explain like, okay, here's how I was playing. Here's what I do now. Here are the few main concepts and reasons I turn my shit around. I love it. Mm-hmm. But thank you all for tuning in and we will be back soon. Soon. Ooh. <laughs>